This is a podcast of two type A girls working hard to untangle the BS stories and expectations related to this illusion of perfection. Life is hard enough without adding pressure to be more, do more, be the best. It's an ever moving target. And so, in an attempt to inch closer to our authentic selves, the vulnerable, messy, and uniquely beautiful, we have decided to push back. Bit by bit, we are untangling society's demands of us, sinking in to our own intuition. If something makes us feel more alive, we're doing more of that. If something drains us, we're gonna practice removing ourselves. This is a journey we hope you'll join us on. Together, we will explore insights, tips, and tricks, all in an attempt to help you uncover your truest, most authentic self. We are back. We're here. An exciting topic today. It is. After a day of work, and it's like wet and dark and kind of And it's not even 7 o'clock for me. Correct. It's not even 6 here, and it's like pitch black, so times are... That time of year. Changing, that's right. So all I want to do is like get in the bath and go to bed early with the rain. I feel that. Here we are. I can also get excited about this. So today we're talking about a topic that I think can show up potentially in a lot of different areas in our lives. And we're going to dig into this idea of imposter syndrome. Yes, we are. I know. I thought you were going to say like only for some people. I'm like, those must be the lucky ones because it shows up for me a lot. In a lot of different, yeah, areas, which I think we'll go into. But Maddie's favorite way to start, like, pretty much anything we do is the infamous, like, how do we define imposter syndrome? So I'm super curious to see what yours is. Yeah, and I think the last two episodes I haven't prepared a definition, so I made sure to today. (laughs) Um, I didn't look this up or anything. This is kind of going off my own experience with it. Um And then podcasts I've listened to. But what I wrote down is that imposter syndrome is our inner critical voice that wants us to believe we are incapable or unworthy despite factual evidence proving otherwise. Oh my gosh, so much better than mine. That is great. (laughs) Well, thanks. I think it hit on like all the areas I was thinking about but did not adequately capture. So I love the idea of... Um, like our capabilities, but also our worthiness. I think that's huge. Yeah. And then that whole piece that I saw everywhere, but also was thinking about myself was that despite factual evidence, so we could have, despite all the accomplishments or qualifications or um, whatever those things are, despite having those, we have like an internal voice mm-hmm. of not having that internal sense of belief of like our own success or worthiness and then I also kept seeing like that idea of like a fear of being found out that a like fraud. you're a fraud yeah yep that was everywhere mm-hmm. which I think is exactly where it comes back to like the factual evidence because like you said we can have the certifications we can have the experience in the workplace you fill in the blank And yet we still tell ourselves like, well, it's just a fluke that I ended up here or I tricked my way into getting to this place. Yeah. 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 Um, With that, I think obviously this can go on a lot of different tangents, but for me, I was looking up um, just kind of what are some of the possible signs of imposter syndrome. So. We may be experiencing that, but how might that manifest or what might that look like? Um, Oh my gosh, I just clicked out of the video, so I didn't see it for a second. Um, So what might that... Sorry, before you jump into that, do you want to read your actual definition that you had? Well, I kind of did. I just said, like, um, it's not having an internal sense or belief of your own success. Okay. Despite having accomplishments or qualifications. And then I just had a tangent of that definition being that fear of being found out. Okay. So um, I think that kind of captured it, but I would love to have this visualization of how or what this might actually physically look like. So I think it's one thing for us to talk about internal feelings, but what that ends up looking like might get a better picture. And 
initially when I started this, I was feeling decent and I can go into that about in a lot of spaces I've done work and I don't feel this all the time. If I'm being honest, not in every situation, but in many anymore. Right. But then I looked up like what some of the possible signs are and I was like, well, (laughs) it does show up a little bit. So uh, not a ton, but some of these things struck a chord and whether or not that equates to this idea of imposter syndrome I could see this happening some of the time for me. So um, there was kind of six things that they talked about. Okay. So yeah, I want to hear them because I didn't okay. look this up and I'm like, I don't know exactly how to define how it shows up in my life. Even though okay. it does. I like that this kind of gave a visualization. Um, yeah, you'll hear it. So one of them may be, and again, if you experience any of these things, like I recognize that I do experience or at times do some of these things, it doesn't necessarily equate to imposter syndrome. They were just showing that these are possible things that it may look like. Okay. So one was overworking to cover up feelings of inadequacy. Oh gosh, your faces are starting. Okay. Um, the next one was downplaying your knowledge, skills, or abilities. Okay. Two for two. A pers- <laughs> two for two. A persistent fear of being found out. Discomfort with compliments or recognition. Oh my God, Maddie, you're like (laughs) four for four. Okay. Could potentially be some people-pleasing tendencies. And the last one that it talked about was crediting your success to possible external factors. And not your own hard work and, um, yeah, I don't know. So, again, some of these, I'm like, oh, in some situations, they see me leaning into this or that. Um, not 100% the time. But that does not necessarily mean that we are or aren't experiencing necessarily this right concept of imposter syndrome. But they were potential things that yeah. may occur. Like if, if you are feeling a lot of this as I was like, yep, yep, yep. Maybe it's just something to reflect and dig into, I guess. Um, you said like, I don't feel like I experienced imposter syndrome as much in my life anymore, but was there a time where you feel like you experienced a lot of imposter syndrome? Oh yeah, we're going right in. So I was thinking about this, um... And I think we did talk about this in another episode. Maybe it was contentment versus complacency. And so talking about the difference between having a job that felt in alignment and when I had a job that I thought was supposed to be what was in alignment. So I think when I, and maybe not at the time, well, kind of at the time, but also looking back, this idea of like when I was in, for me, like in a job, like at the clinic versus being in my current role. And so as a reflection, a little bit of recap to that episode, that past episode, when I worked in the clinic, I never felt really content. I kind of felt anxious and I couldn't necessarily pinpoint why I never felt as good as some of the other professionals. And that's not to say that there weren't things in the job that I knew I was doing well but there was also areas that I was like oh my god I have no idea what I'm doing and they're gonna find me out and I got this job as soon as I passed the test and I've never experienced this before and they've all been in this for years and years and it was that whole fear of being found out discounting some of the things that I maybe brought to the job that other people didn't or saw a different perspective um very much some of that overworking um, yeah, all of those things I saw manifesting in that role. Whereas I think in reflection the last couple of days, the difference now in my job is I am confident that I am where I'm supposed to be right now, that my skills along with my values and my passions, mm-hmm. um, are all in alignment. Like they're all leading me to this one thing like they all kind of perfectly come together so I don't feel the imposter syndrome as much or as much at all 
and I think it's because of that alignment thing. Yeah. Whereas when I was out of alignment, not necessarily attempting to and kind of living into those values or skills, but something felt off, like that's where I had a lot of self-doubt and imposter syndrome. The alignment makes so much sense to me because actually right before I said, but you did at one point, right? And in my head, I almost answered the question because we've had these conversations where I know you were doubtful of yourself when we were working at the clinic because we worked there together. If you listen to that episode, Um, because I think to like any outside people viewing you, like myself included, like you had your shit together. You were an incredible boss, like I felt like you were going above and beyond for the kiddos that we were serving. I think what was probably contributing to this sense of being an imposter was only that your values weren't linking, not that your skill set wasn't there. I think you were feeling this anxiousness and uncertainty because ultimately that just wasn't like the best role for you where like your heart and passion were fully in it. Does that like resonate? Yeah, it does. Even, I think it's hard because once you experience it in a situation, even in looking back, if I have a better perspective on it now and I can like separate myself and objectively see some of those um, accomplishments or areas where I do feel like I was doing a good job, like in retrospect, because that situation is a certain way in my head. And remember, I said and still believe so much of that was good like feeling like an imposter or not feeling in total alignment doesn't put this shit cloud over the whole experience like there was so much of it that genuinely was good Mm -hmm. but when I look back I still have a hard time separating myself and saying like what you did was great and you were just in your own head and you weren't an imposter like even now I look back and I'm like yeah I did do a lot of good things but the type of Like, the skills I have weren't necessarily what they needed to be in a clinical environment. And that's not even a negative thing towards me. It's just what my skills were didn't serve me or others in the same way. I I don't know. It kind of leads me to one of my other thoughts, which was like, I had this epiphany that I think this shows up, this idea of imposter syndrome shows up and I listed places where it could potentially show up. But what I brought it or boil it down to was it happens when we focus on what a role, a specific role is in quotations, supposed to look like, right? So in my head, in that situation, what a BCBA looked like was not what I look like, mm-hmm. Right? And so, so much went into what I'm not and how I don't align that I didn't stop to give myself credit. And I think that boils down to what imposter syndrome is. Like feeling like a fraud, being like, I'm going to be found out that like I suck at this job. Like I, those thoughts went through my head all of the time. Absolutely. I wrote down as you were talking, like the phrase, like we're shooting on ourselves. Yeah. Because that's exactly what you just said. It's like, the imposter syndrome is showing up because we're saying what we should look like as opposed to just like what is. And I wrote that down myself that potentially a large part of what this voice in our head is, is societal messaging, which we love to talk about just because we are given this perception or idea of what a job is supposed to look like, what our bodies are supposed to look like, what our family is supposed to look like x y and z and so the imposter syndrome voice is just us trying to like hold ourselves to that measure which is often unattainable or going back to one of our very first episodes like maybe not even something that we actually desire for ourselves but we're shooting all over ourselves (laughs) and telling ourselves that that's what we should want because it's what everyone else quote unquote wants or what we're supposed to yeah Mm -hmm. what we're what the expectation is. So yeah, for me, a lot of that came down to the idea of a, a role. And I think one of our other episodes we talked about in get to know us was like 
how do we define ourselves? And automatically people talk about the roles that they play. But if you don't feel like you're meeting the expectations or idealized version of XYZ role, like that's going to lead into how you feel and what, how that all plays out, right? And if you feel in alignment, if you feel fulfilled, if you enjoy what you're doing, if you're miserable all the time because you're going after someone else's expectations or idea of perfection that is not yours. The perfection is so key because I was just thinking, I think it's just this impossible standard. And I know you and I have talked about it a lot it shows up in my life a ton is like black or white thinking where if I'm not 100% at something then I'm not good enough and that's when the imposter voice comes in where it's like no it's the issue is that I'm holding myself to this impossible standard where if I was able to just accept how I was performing or accept who I am right now without falling into complacency then like I'm okay it's just that this imposter syndrome is when we're holding ourselves I think to this 100% standard that isn't even realistic I I do wonder or again this is hindsight 2020 right and I can say this now because I've like dug in more and I would hope in the future I would be able to utilize this as a tool I think there's potential, not always, right? But I think there's potential that this idea of imposter syndrome gives us a glimpse or a sign, an opportunity to potentially dig in. So do we have to make this idea of imposter syndrome mean something? Not necessarily, right? Yeah. Could it though? So like in my example, this idea of imposter syndrome, if I would have dug in, or had the tools, the headspace, mm-hmm. whatever, to do so at that time, right? If I were to dig in, I may have been able to use that as a signal to me that something was out of alignment, mm-hmm. right? So like in hindsight, again, I can say that in hindsight. So the thought that if we're experiencing this imposter syndrome to stop, dig in, yeah, again, this whole concept of action or inaction, it may lead you to realize that something is off, something's out of alignment, or it's requiring no action, right? Like you're in the right place and it's looking at that confidence piece and objectively listing your accomplishments. Like I deserve to be here. Look at all these things I've Yeah, I've done not letting your voice just be the end all be all in your head, but being able to counter that with look at all these things I've done, being able to like then be kind to yourself. And if people give you a compliment, like actually internalizing those instead of brushing them off. And so imposter syndrome to me could be utilized as that sign of like, ooh, this is a signal. I can dig in. I don't need to live in that and hyper focus and replay things in my head a million times because it may not require action, right? It may just be, I need to be nice to myself and that's it. Or it could be, wow, this is a signal to me that something may be out of alignment. Right. A lot of what you're saying, and I guess what I've said too, is reminding me so much of a previous episode. Is it action or not action versus inaction? That wasn't the title, but was that our do less episode? Do you know? No, I think... um, compulsion with comparison yes we said like if we see something and in this case right if we see someone who in our head is doing it better right acknowledging that like why do I care why is this triggering me why am I having a like a feeling of comparison Mm -hmm. acknowledge the recognition of that like acknowledge that you're having that thought that feeling and then identifying does this require me to act or not yes I think in many, many ways, if not 100%, all of those ideas apply here because when these voices get really loud in our head, if we are mindful and aware enough, it can be this signal or sign to us to pause and kind of go inward. And like you said, it's not like every single time I'm taking this 10-minute break and 
super zen, blah, blah, blah. It's just when you're able to taking that brief pause to ask yourself if whatever standard you're holding yourself to at that moment is realistic and whether or not if it is realistic like is that something I even want for myself or is this just what society wants me to do which I think is like verbatim what we would have said in that episode yeah which is kind of cool that it's tying that together um is or I'm curious I guess like we gave kind of a work example and if that's your example go for it too but I'm curious if and where you have maybe experienced this in other areas or your own work example, which is fine. I've had two, um, like, encounters with imposter syndrome, like, just within the past week, I would say. Um, one of them being the last episode we recorded. So I was covering, like, a topic that is, like, my entire life, like, something I'm so incredibly passionate about. Um, mm-hmm. And during our recording, I was, like, mentally being horrible to myself, like, this isn't entertaining, this isn't fun, nobody's learning anything, like, all of these horrible thoughts where you and I ended the recording and I told you, like, hey, I don't even know if I want to keep that, like, I'm not feeling too good about it. I let it sit for a week because of how much I was dreading listening to it, and when I finally listened back, I was like, oh, like, this is fine, and I, I didn't really think this far, but I think again, that that criticism was coming up because of how passionate I am about the subject and so I think I was holding myself to this incredibly high standard of being able to introduce and share that with others um so that's one way and then a second way I actually got a new car this week which is super exciting um and it's a nice car like nicer than any car I've had before and instead of like obviously I was excited for it but when I like first showed up and got the car like my very first thought before I even had excitement was what are other people going to think about me because all I was expecting is like "Ooh, must be nice and all of these comments almost like belittling me in a way of like how can you get that car meanwhile like I'm a responsible person like I did all the math and made sure things checked out that I'm not putting myself in a situation where I'm going to be unstable like I had done all the things like the fact checking to make sure that this was a good decision thought it through like I have my job I have a job outside of my job like I'm explaining myself to you right now like I don't need to do that (laughs) so this is what was happening Yes. Even though, again, it goes back to that, like, factual evidence that I had every reason to treat myself to that car, and I've worked my ass off to get where I'm at now, and yet I was having this voice of, like, who are you to drive this car sort of thing. Those are good examples. I think they're, like, outside of, I think for most people, right, they would say this happens in a work-type environment, so I like those examples of, like, things that we wouldn't necessarily like I had heard your podcast one right like I had heard those voices because you had verbalized those um after the recording but I think the car one's a good example of like even when we work hard and we deserve something and we've been responsible and we've done all the things and and in that situation no one had come up to you and been like Maddie that was a stupid decision you don't deserve that like you were predetermining that people were going to do that. and I am a I think- queen of projecting my <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> yeah, I think those are good examples of like how we gaslight ourselves. And I thought about that a lot is like mm-hmm. that the whole concept of, you know, we hear other people can gaslight you. Well, I find in my life and in many people's lives that I've talked to, like it's much more frequent where we're gaslighting ourselves. Absolutely. We are our worst critic. Yeah, 100%. I, I do agree with you that I think more often than not when we think of imposter syndrome, people apply that to like their career or professional life. Um, But I think if you're aware of what 
imposter syndrome actually is. Like, we'll see that it shows up a lot of other places. And that actually, like, informed the definition that I gave a lot because I'm going back to it. I said the voice that wants us to believe that we are incapable or unworthy because I think when we're applying it only to our professional life, that's where we're thinking, like, the incapability. Mm -hmm. But I think the unworthiness is a key thing because again I was thinking like oh I'm unworthy of this car um like the unworthiness is where if you look at it that way I think people are gonna say like oh I'm experiencing this in other areas of my life too yeah and I think those signs that I went over at the beginning of like downplaying yourself like an anxiety like anxious feelings or fear like Mm -hmm. discomfort with anyone saying anything nice about you like dismissing kind of when good things happen to you and all of those things, like those really can resonate in so many um, other areas. Mm-hmm. I, I think I had also found something that says like oftentimes it boils down or how, what ends up happening after we have these feelings or thoughts about us being an imposter is the three most common things that happen are like the three P's and they were perfectionism, procrastination, or paralysis. And I was like, oh, perfectionism, paralysis. Procra- yep, and procrastination. Yeah. Any and all of those things, I think I've experienced, I think we've probably all in moments. And to think that those are, they're almost like the, fight flight or freeze Mm -hmm. right so like fight would be that perfectionism I'm gonna keep going that flight is like procrastinate like I'm just gonna let it go I'm gonna run away from it right and then that paralysis is like the freeze so like in those things those are like basic instincts that kick in when like the things in our head are scary and they're telling us things that aren't true like I just made that connection to fight, flight, or fear. I just think I was going like, to say, I love that because it's so spot on. It's so spot on that, like, a lot of times those things occur without us realizing it, right? It's like that instinctual thing yeah. that kicks in. The paralysis and procrastination piece of that, um, for me, ties back to a note I made um, where I think one of the worst things that can happen with imposter syndrome is that we almost self-sabotage or like have a self-fulfilling prophecy of well I'm not I'm not equipped for this job and so it's almost like we like drag ourselves down to that level where like I actually am not capable of that job that (laughs) (laughs) then at that point and so it feels like that is where like if we are procrastinating from doing our very best or we're so fearful of not being our best that we're not showing up and then we really aren't like capable of that job, you know? Yeah. I found it really interesting. I listened to like a podcast and Brene, beautiful Brene, she um, was interviewing two individuals who have written a couple articles about the idea of imposter syndrome. Both are women of color. And so they come at it um, from that lens uh, very much intentionally but a lot of the research actually shows that the first time that this got coined I guess as a thing right or even like came up in the first place was in the 70s and it was I don't remember what it was called it was something with the pastor not syndrome but something with the pastor and Same it was idea. saying yeah and it was only diagnosed is a very loose word in this but only ever used in reference to females intentionally. And so their whole thing is it was intentionally given to females because it helped perpetrate like a the male dominance in the workplace and cause women like we've worked so hard to get into the workplace but now that women are doing well or have potential to become leaders and do some of these things then all of a sudden imposter syndrome came out and kind of mm-hmm. causing people to self-doubt in order for males to still be on top. And I just found that really interesting that 
there was like a historical tie and context to the concept of this. And they further talked about like every women's, like they're all speakers, like, right, like keynote speakers at things. And so they've all been invited to many, many like women's conferences. And they're always, 100% of the time, is a keynote speaker who talks about imposter syndrome at women's conferences, but they've never seen that if it's like a regular conference that like is mostly male dominated. And so I, I haven't like dug into that thought, like in a gender sense or any, any of that. Um, because they also found that when they had groups of people together and they've pulled people, males, females, gender fluidity, all, all of it, all people, right. That every single person experiences it. Exactly. But it's sold as it's mostly females. And I think that's a bunch of bullshit because I've seen this with like males too. I mean, it can be and is with anyone. And when you broaden it outside of the work cultures or settings, which are primarily like male dominated, if you're looking like societally, not in, I'm in education, so that's like almost all women and it's kind of the opposite. But in in most fields, right, still kind of male dominated or Mm -hmm. favor is given to that, whether it's said or not. Um, If you look at imposter syndrome beyond the workplace, it makes sense that this would be, go across gender, race, religion, all of it. Like people, all people have these feelings of self-doubt or questioning or um, potentially downplaying themselves and their own belief in their own abilities. I'd be curious to know if, because I do know, I think I listened to the same podcast as you at one point, and they did mention, like, women tend to speak about imposter syndrome more often, but it is, that doesn't mean it's not happening with men. Like, it absolutely is. But I do wonder if it happens more often with women, because if we're going back to this idea of societal messages... I think it makes sense that like more marginalized identities would experience it more often because we're being like, what's the word I'm digging for? I'm totally blanking on this one, but like people's ideas of what we are capable of or where we're at, if we're like leaning into and believing those messages, then of course we're going to question our capabilities and think like, yeah, I'm, I'm just a dumb woman. Like, I can't do this. Like, if we're falling into those identities that we've been given, it makes sense those to me. Those roles and shoulding. Like, yeah. what should I be doing? Like, I am married with kids and a full-time job and other things. And there still is that question of, like, oh, I should be the one to take off when my kid is sick. Yeah. Or I should be the one to meal prepper plan like what what I don't know whatever the shooting is Mm -hmm. right that it would make sense that our roles are pretty explicit and freaking conflicting and confusing like the perfect mom now is a working mom who shows your kids that you can do anything no the perfect mom is the one who stays home and only eats organic (laughs) and homeschools your kids no the perfect mom is that like and that's just one situation of like we are blasted all the time with what we should be doing and it is so freaking conflicting because none of them are the same because every single person that's posting that or perpetrating that is identifying or leaning into their own values which are different. So mm-hmm. that means that how I live that out can and should be different but society's telling me it can't be different. It's hard. And so if we get too wrapped up into the what the roles should be or how someone else has defined it of course we're going to experience imposter syndrome more yeah and I think like I want to say like so maybe we just shouldn't be telling people what to do or we shouldn't be leaning into those messages and obviously that's unrealistic but I think just with anything else this is a note that I had to get to at some point i do believe and not even believe like it is a fact that this inner voice of imposter syndrome is just like a muscle like anything else like we can train to quiet it and so 
if we are able to have that awareness that we talk about in every freaking episode that that imposter syndrome voice is there then we can maybe start to identify like is this my own voice or is this a voice of society and is this something I want to lean into or not lean into yeah and use it as that signal like okay let me ask like why are you here voice okay that's a bunch of bullshit I'm gonna move on or oh that's a good point maybe Mm -hmm. I should think about that yeah or it's a cue that like I don't feel like I have all the skills but I have a lot of interest and so maybe that is a sign that I'm gonna seek further training or professional development or personal development or you know I'm gonna read another article or I'm gonna have a conversation with someone about that and so I think it can be used in many ways, right? Just like anything that could necessarily equate to it not just being a negative thing. Yeah. And I think what you were just saying, um, this has got to happen every single episode at one point where I go black and don't remember what the hell I was going (laughs) to say. back sorry y'all had a brain fart which I always cut it out but this happens every episode but anyhow (laughs) Maggie was talking about how we can use imposter syndrome for good even though it feels negative um and this brought up something when I was preparing I was listening to a podcast from Jay Shetty you know we have to mention him Brene Brown or Glennon each episode every episode (laughs) but he was actually saying something that conflicts with the definition I gave he said when imposter syndrome is showing up that's because we actually don't have the skill that's necessary where where we are saying like no imposter syndrome is just showing up but actually I do have the skill okay well I love Jay so I need you to dig into that a little bit yeah I believe him so like I don't I don't love that. I think maybe like 20% of the time he might be accurate. But essentially what he was getting at is this whole idea of what you are saying where we can use imposter syndrome for growth because, again, when we have that awareness that it's happening, to us that can just be a sign of like, oh, I'm in discomfort right now and I'm being challenged, which a whole entire motto for my whole life is like, I want to challenge myself because that's where I grow. And so pretty much that's what he's saying is like imposter syndrome is just a positive sign that you should lean into this thing because you're being challenged and it's an opportunity to develop yourself. Yeah. I, I can dig that. Like you said, I don't know if that's the case every single time, but I, that is kind of what I was saying is that oftentimes that maybe all it is, is kind of a signal And if we let that not be an overpowering voice, but a small voice that kind of is like nudging us towards growth, I think Mm -hmm. that totally can be a positive way um, to utilize that, right? Or the power of using our mind to like, it will tell us what we need or want to hear, like and how we choose to react is in our control. So maybe what we hear isn't necessarily, right? But what we do with that thought or feeling is... Um, I like this whole idea of like, you wouldn't be in the space you're in if you weren't qualified to be there. Mm. And yeah, I love that. Reminding yourself of that sometimes of like, oh my gosh, I just thought I said something stupid in a meeting and I go in the bathroom and I'm looking in the mirror like, what a dumb, like what? You're such an idiot. But like, okay, calm down. Like we all have moments, but you wouldn't be hired. There were other applicants. There were other people that could have applied and gotten the job, but you chose to apply and you interviewed and they hired you so they saw something in you and so like believing that (laughs) yeah I I've mentioned her before too uh Cara Lowenthal from unfuck your brain Brain. that's something she talks about a lot which is so funny to me like she coaches women and she says so often they're like I'm such an imposter like I got to being this top level (laughs) executive in these the last five jobs but I'm just a fraud like I've tricked my way into this and she's like wow you must be really great at tricking people if it's happened five times in a row and so it's just so good for us to know that like 
like let's be real with ourselves and really lean into the evidence versus what our yes. brain is trying to like convince us yeah of. I I wrote that down too like if we can step outside and be like objective about acknowledging our accomplish- accomplishments and that's not to like brag on yourself or be narcissistic but I think it is healthy sometimes when you're like maybe in that space like take a minute and we talk a lot about like brain dumping and like just write down everything you've accomplished in life like whether or not that's actual like qualifications or certificates or degrees or whatever that's not necessarily what I'm talking about that may be part of it but I helped develop this system at work or I was able to see five patients yesterday or I closed this many deals this year or I I don't know whatever whatever that is right like I fed my kids dinner every night this year that's a big deal like you kept your kids alive yeah. so like if you're writing down like just being able to brain dump and objectively just like read the list and be like, all right, I'm doing okay. Perfect. No. Do I have room to grow? We all do. Am I like as big of a fuck up as I thought? No, not, probably not. <laughs> like, so I think that's important to be able to like objectively just kind of brain dump that if you're ever in a funk and give yourself a little more credit than we do. Yeah. As you were talking, the thought came back to me that I had earlier that a key that I mentioned earlier but is so important is just allowing ourselves to meet ourselves where we are at and knowing that that's okay because again I think with imposter syndrome we're experiencing this black and white thinking of if I'm not 100% or meeting what society tells me it should be that I'm not enough whereas as you are saying like maybe I didn't feed my kids at exactly six o'clock with an all organic dinner (laughs) and then followed by a homemade dessert like no that's that 100% where it's like I'm actually over here at 80% doing my very best and that's okay allowing ourselves to I mentioned last episode be gentle with ourselves and knowing that like where I'm at right now is also okay and go for the C and (laughs) yeah go for a C and if it bothers you that much like take it as a sign that like it's something I want to work on but that doesn't mean you're a failure right now. It's just like, again, going back to looking at it as a positive where if this is something I choose to take action on, well, how cool because I have this room to grow now. But it's okay to be where I'm at right now as well. Yeah, there's a whole thing too of like a sense of self-doubt in any situation is super freaking normal. So we don't need to gaslight ourselves not only about lack of skills or lack of things that we're doing, But we don't need to gaslight ourselves for having these thoughts or feelings in the first place, right? Like, this is freaking normal. We all have it. You're a liar if you say you never experienced this. Like, you do. Like, do I feel like I experience this a lot currently? Not always. Currently in my workplace. No. Do I feel like I experienced this as a mom? Yep. As a wife, as a friend, as a daughter, as a sister. Yes. Like... So just because you do or don't experience it in one area doesn't mean that you don't in other areas. And I'm not saying I experience this all the time. Like it's a forever always voice going off in my head. Like that sounds miserable. Um, but having it sometimes is freaking normal. And I don't have to beat myself up if and when those feelings or thoughts arrive. I love that you brought this up because I also think it's important to recognize this is something that has shown up a lot for me in relation to my issues with like food and body things like as awful as they were that was my coping mechanisms and my means of protecting myself like if I thought the only way that I was going to be accepted and loved by others was being super skinny like that freaking sucked but really my body all that it was trying to do in my mind was trying to protect myself and be accepted and be loved and so I think with the imposter syndrome it sucks and I'm not saying to like chase after it but if we can be more like compassionate with ourselves when it shows up and knowing like hey body and mind like I'm actually okay right now I know you're trying to look out and meet meet this 100% because society tells me that's what it means like kind of just like talking back to that voice but also being very compassionate with yourself and knowing that that voice, awful as it is, is just trying to protect you. Yeah. Yeah. That grace that we give to others, giving to ourselves. 
I think like the favorite, my favorite quote that I stumbled upon in regards to this um, was by Adam Grant. And I like, I don't even know how I found him, but I follow him on Instagram and he's awesome. And it says, imposter syndrome is not a clue that you're unqualified. It's a sign of hidden potential. When you think others are overestimating you, it's actually more likely that you're underestimating yourself. They see things in yourself. They see things that you're doing or skills that you have that you're not allowing yourself to experience or see in your own being. And so I think leaning into that like sounded pretty empowering to me. Like, oh, that hidden potential. It's exactly what I said to you like early on is that you were saying like you felt like this fraud working at the clinic whereas like to I mean for myself and I can only assume everybody else like you had your shit together and you are great at your job like we saw the potential that you had but I think you were questioning and I think I really limited myself like I knew and I leaned into the areas that I was good at and that was like staff development and um culture and advocating and those things but then I think I did hold myself back and challenging myself in other ways because I was afraid if I challenged myself and didn't get it right or messed it up or still didn't understand that's when someone was going to find you out out. yeah Mm -hmm. going back to your three p's with the um I wrote them down, um, paralysis or procrastination. Like, I'm not going to challenge myself because that's where it's going to show up. And that's totally what happened, right? Um, And so there could have been some missed opportunities there for me to even learn or grow. Um, But in hindsight, that the biggest thing it was telling me, I wasn't listening, but the biggest thing that it was telling me at the time, I think, was that alignment piece and is this right for you? And... I didn't figure that out until I was in a job that was more aligned. But, yeah, that curiosity is healthy. Telling you that is the key to everything. I think if I had to, like, say there was a key to life, it's having awareness so that we can be aware of these thoughts so that we can be curious and dig in deeper. I truly believe that is so important. Yeah. So it's there, it's all there. Almost always, how capable you think you are is only a sliver of how capable you actually are. So you're actually yeah. doing way more than you think you're doing, pretty much always. And you're doing better than you mm-hmm. think you're doing, usually. Yeah. It makes me think of how um, we're told, like, they say, especially for women, but I think this is true for anybody, like, apply for that job even though you're not meeting all those qualifications because you might not like meet a b and c but like you are damn well qualified more often than not that you know how to meet those standards and you will excel in that role or figure it out and they appreciate that you're going to learn and grow and they're going to help shape you so yeah put yourself out there and if you don't get it you got experience in doing an application or having an interview or yeah the experience of making yourself feel uncomfortable and that's usually a good thing too so yeah imposter syndrome sucks right because it's uncomfortable and it feels yucky and hard and overall it feels like a negative thing right and again we're not here to twist every negative experience or feeling into like oh just turn it into a positive like that's it's so it's not easy. what we're saying. Um, you can acknowledge the hard feelings and you can dig into that. But it's that whole concept of like, feel it, be in it, get curious, dig in. But if it's not telling you anything helpful, you don't need to live in that, right? So I think there's potential for it to be signals of growth. And it also at times just might be your mind being a bully and your job is to tell it to shut up and write down all the things you're great at and move on. Yep. Developing that muscle because, um, not to like go on, but one of the podcasts I listened to was by a researcher who was like dedicated her life to studying imposter syndrome. 
and she acknowledged like imposter syndrome still shows up for me all the time like just as much as it did in the past what the difference is is that she responds to it differently now um she can either choose not to engage or when she does engage she's a lot more gentle with herself so it's again this muscle that we have to to develop so that when this voice is showing up because it's going to it's not going to shake us as hard as it once did yeah and like I know I've experienced that in other areas of my life like diet culture like she is a bitch and shows up in my life all the freaking time that voice that tells me I need to eat this or that or look this or that way but me now versus two years ago like I shut that shit down so quick (laughs) whereas like it wasn't that easy for a long time but I developed that muscle and the same can be true here yeah I love that that's encouraging even if you feel like you're at the very beginning stages where you're like, I feel and hear this voice and think these things about myself and I've internalized You feel these like it's things. impossible. Yeah. It's happening all the time. I don't know where to start. I don't know. Like, I think that's encouraging to know that like acknowledging it is the first step. Like, yeah, I do experience this. Okay. Now what are we going to do about it? Awareness, curiosity, compassion. Action or inaction. That's all I have to that's say. That's right. <laughs> Again, super simple all the time. All right. Well, it shows up everywhere. You're normal. Give yourself grace. It's going to be okay. You're going to be okay. You are okay. You are better than okay. Accept yourself where you're at now. And one thing on an off note from the subject, um, I wanted to share that Maggie and I have set a goal for ourselves to reach... 1,000 listens or downloads by January and I have no idea when this episode's going to be released I think it will probably be before then um, but help us out we are super excited to see people listening and getting excited I think as time goes on we are getting super excited about this I feel like we're falling into place with things and it's coming a lot more natural um, but yeah thank you for the support help us reach the goal by giving us ratings reviews so other people can find it or just sharing it with some friends and we're now on instagram too so follow us there um yes. get some up-to-date stuff all right what's our handle intuitively authentic that's it okay it's super simple awesome. easy to find comment share with your friends we appreciate all of you We will talk with you there or on the next episode. Can't wait. Bye.